Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Today I'm going to uh, make some comment on a um, survey that I just got recently from Investment Trends, or the, and it's, it's actually titled uh, The Investment Trend 2000, 2011 Planner Technology and Business Model Report. Now, um, I often get these surveys come through to me from the Investment Trends, which is an industry surveying group for the financial planning or financial services type industry. But I thought there was some quite interesting data or, or results that came out of that that I thought, you know, you might be interested in from a, an everyday individual's point of view about how you're managing your money and, and also who you're dealing with and, and what planners' idea of what the market is right now and what they're doing or what they think the FOFA reforms are actually going to, how they're going to affect their business. And quite an interesting thing, and, and please don't mind, I'm actually flicking some pages, so you'll get a bit of little bit of page flicking noise in, in the background. But on one of the interesting things, uh, it says here that planners hold their ground while investors panic. Now, um, it goes on to quote saying, in um, early August saw a sharp correction across global financial markets, followed by a period of extreme volatility. During this period, we recorded a spike in the levels of investor concern. And that's pretty normal. Normally, at the moment, the way the market is with uh, all this information and uh, speculation out there, I suppose, is a better way of saying it. Uh, Every time the market drops with any sort of, you know, not just a minor uh, amount, but more, a bit more significant, maybe 5% or more, uh, we always get more investor concerned. And, uh, and asked to rate their level of concern on a scale of 1 to 10, actively engaged investors gave an average rating of 7.4. Uh, so their scale of concern was 7.4 out of 10. Uh, and it's the same level recorded in the depths of the global financial crisis in late 2008. So right now, investors are just as concerned now about the market as what they were three years ago, and nothing's in the meantime has actually laid those fears. And to me, that tells me that investors aren't learning and that they're not educating themselves about how markets work and, and really what they need to be doing, because if they're still worried about it, that means they may not have taken the actions they needed to, or they may be taking actions uh, based on lack of knowledge and made the wrong actions, so to speak. And despite this, planners have remained relatively calm, rating their level of concern at a relatively stable 6 out of 10. And and this reflects their their long-term focus and and resilience to short-term market fluctuations. We all know that financial planners generally tend to be more buy and hold and and keeping long-term. So I understand that their level of concern will be less. And also they've got the industry behind them telling them that, hey, we've had markets like this before. Don't worry about it. If you do your asset allocation, probably don't panic um, and write it all out and everything will be rosy on the other side. I can understand how they're thinking, but we may not necessarily 100% agree with all of that. If I flick over the page, I I get to uh, a a nice heading. It says, Fear Has Returned. Uh, And it says, in August 2011 survey, three quarters of active investors said they were worried about the situation in some highly indebted countries that could lead to a second wave of the global financial crisis. Now, this was up significantly from 60% expressing the same view in June 2011. So in August, between June and August, it, w- it went up, obviously, because of the market fell. An interesting thing is that 60% are, are expressing 
their concern. And when we're looking at uh, the question was, do you agree or disagree with the following statement? The situation in some highly indebted countries will lead to a second wave of the global financial crisis. And we're getting 60% of people either strongly agreeing or agreeing with that statement, while there's a, a minor percentage roughly 20% of people who just disagree with that totally and I think there's roughly uh, the, the, the rest of it is um, they don't really know And but the moment is, 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 is nearly you know 60 plus percent of people are actually concerned that we are going to go into another GFTC type thing and that tells me that the market when people are that worried about the market it can't crash too much because everybody's already made their moves in theory but I'm not discounting another move down on our marketplace from our our uh, perception or our um, analysis is that we're thinking there may be one little bit of a another dip down, but not another big GSE. It'll be over short and fast. It'll go, and then we'll get on with the bull market once we do that. But really, when the market's already panicking or already nervous, it really can't t- sort of panic too much. Um, one of the interesting things, I'll, uh, the other things, there's a lot of stuff about platforms and how they're going to use them and how they're going to run their businesses and what they do. But I thought there was a really interesting section here about um, high net worth individuals and what, what plan is actually deemed to be high net worth individuals. And as I said, excuse the paper ruffling, but it is interesting. It says um, major, the majority defined clients with $100,000 or less as low balance. Um, 56% define anyone with $100,000 or less as or less in investable assets as a low balance client. And there are some planners, uh, 4%, who define clients with half a million dollars as low balance. So unless you've got half a million dollars, you're not really um, sort of worth talking to, I suppose, if that's sort of implying. But it really does go down dramatically. I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about 34% of clients believe if you don't have at least $50,000, you're not you're actually a low balance client. Um, and then also it goes into the definition of high net worth, a far more varied than that. Again, planner's definition of a high net worth segment um, uh, would define a client with half a million dollars in investable, investable assets as high net worth. So 50% of advisors think if you've got half a million dollars of investable assets, that's outside of your house. That means it's like in your in your managed funds or in cash or shares or whatever else. Unless you've got at least half a million dollars, they're not going to treat you as a high net worth client. And you know, and you know, that's a, a reasonable um, term be, or reasonable level because that's how where sort of ASIC starts to look at you as far as that sort of thing is uh, concerned. And also says another third set a threshold of at least double that amount or $1 million more. Unless you've got a million dollars, you're not high net worth. And then some set it as high as $10 million. But the curve really, really flattens out at that million dollar mark. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said, it's just 50% think unless you've got half a million dollars that you're not a high net worth individual um, from that point of view as far as, you know, being getting that sort of service. And it really is looking at um, people's experience with their financial planners and it's a known, well-known fact that only 20% of people actually visit their financial planner and, and really with statistics like what we've just seen and also how the industry has performed over the last four or five years. You can understand people being nervous about their financial planner, but I think we need to look at these FOFA reforms with the financial planner and say, is this going to make it better? And I think anything that makes it more transparent is better. But one of the interesting things that I found in this in this survey, and if you, if you please excuse me again for flipping some paper, but it's, it's, it says one of the things that says, 
planners break even with only two-thirds of their clients. And to me, that's quite a concerning thing. So three or two-thirds of their clients, they're not making any money out of it. And then people complain about paying fees out of their managed funds uh, for the financial planners. I mean, after all, nobody um, begrudges anybody for making a fee for service. If I do something for you, then you pay for it. Or you give me something in exchange. And that's how the world turns, you know. If I buy some petrol, I give the the, the, the man in the petrol station some money to, to pay for my petrol and so on and so on and so on. And it is quite interesting that only two-thirds of their clients are actually profitable, which would, you know, suggest that they obviously they're making money out of one-third who are probably the higher net worth clients. And it's wondering if, if these FOFA reforms are actually going to help the financial planners or we're going to see a mass exodus of financial planners. And, and I think it's going to be more of that we're going to see more financial planners leave the industry and we're going to get a consolidation of the industry. The financial planners aren't going to want to service what they would call low-balance clients. And that means, again, those people less than $100,000, as we discussed uh, in a few minutes ago. And that's really backed up in this report with um, a, a question that they said to the financial planners, uh, on which clients are you going to spend the time spend the most time to ensure that they opt in for your ongoing service. And the interesting result is that uh, um, only 38% of financial planners said they will try to ensure all of their clients continue opting in. So nearly two-thirds of them saying, or one, sorry, um, a third saying they're only a, only a third of the financial planners saying they're going to try and keep all their clients, um, whereas most of them are, are probably not going to worry about them too much. So if you're using a financial plan on your low-balance clients, then maybe you know, in, the, in the future when the FOFA reform comes in, that uh, your service might get even less again uh, because of the opt-in rules, etc. And really, uh, I can in some way agree with that, and I don't necessarily agree with the opt-in laws. I mean, if you're not happy with your financial plan, you leave anyway. So why do you need to have this thing on a yearly or two-year basis where you've got to sign a form saying you're opting in for financial services. But at the end of the day, it's about value and adding value to you as a client. If you but don't perceive your broker is adding value to you or you don't perceive your financial planner is adding value to you for the fee they're charging, then obviously you'll vote to go somewhere else or you'll do something else with your money. And that's fair enough too. Um, but what I'm seeing at the moment is people are staying away from financial planners where I think, you know, as I said, if, if the industry does consolidate and we get less financial planners because they're not making money and, you know, the clients are leaving them in droves, both basically, which they are doing at the moment, there's going to be a lot of them going broke or selling out and we're going to get a consolidation and that's worse for the retail clients, as I can see it, I think we need to open it up and give planners much a, a way to actually make money, but obviously service their clients a lot better and, and I think probably I'll leave it at, leave it at that but if you are you know to me as I said financial planners are quite valuable and they do add some really good value if you do use them I think they need to be more educated and, and really telling people what they're good at um, and to me that's not they haven't been good at telling people what they're really good at and how they're going to be helping people in, in the past so I think this whole FOFA reforms will actually make them tighten up get better at their business and better at dealing with their clients because one of the major comments I get from a lot of people that have used financial planners is they never talk to me and I only ever hear from them once in a blue moon. Um, so they're not informing me or they're not being proactive and I think uh, from being lazy fat cats without wanting to sound rude to financial planners where they just get commissions for your insurances and whatever else for not actually contacting you, I think 
from that and shifting them to be proactive, I think that's a positive thing. And hopefully, you know, they can sort themselves out and and have good profitable business. But, uh, you know, to me, if you're moving into retirement, you need these people and you need to work out how to do that and how to use the tax system better and and, and invest your funds and, and get the growth that you actually need. Because all too often now people are retiring on very low income levels and, and low superannuation and low pensions. Um, and, you know, it's, it's about something I, I think it's over... 75% of people retiring now are retiring on you know very low rates or less you know or are retiring on a government pension at least and at least half of those people are on a full government pension and that's disastrous in my mind to me my, to me in my mind you should be taking control of your money and, and doing something with it I'll leave that with you and hopefully you've, uh, you've got some insights into this uh, the financial planning industry and what financial planners do and what they're thinking and and also what Um, everybody else is thinking. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. I look forward to chatting with you on another one. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.